Welcome back to the Technician Academy podcast. We appreciate your continued enthusiasm and support. Every other week, our host and ASE Master Technician, Richard Young, takes you behind the scenes with respected industry thought leaders and the industry thought leaders of tomorrow. Our guests share their industry knowledge and explain how the techs of both today and tomorrow are being impacted. We're thrilled to have John Gardner here with us today. John is the host of the two Velocity Channel television programs, Tech Garage and Motorhead Garage. He is also an instructor at Chipola College in Mariana, Florida. John and Richard discuss how differently students today are learning than they had just even five years ago. The two also talk about the industry's need to adapt and to change in order to attract new talent. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Be sure to subscribe to our channels and rate us on iTunes. And we're definitely open to suggestions and comments. So if there is someone that you would like to hear from, or if you would like to be a featured guest yourself, feel free to shoot us a message or give us a call. Thanks again for tuning in. Here's your host. Welcome to today's Technician Academy podcast. We're fortunate enough to have John Gardner with us. He's an automotive instructor at Chipola College. He's also a television personality for Motorhead Garage and Tech Garage. Welcome, John. Hey, thanks for having me, Richard. This is awesome. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, we got some cool topics to cover. And uh, first of all, I'll just introduce myself. Yep, you hit it right on the head. I got a few jobs. Um, my name is John Gardner. I'm an automotive instructor at Chipola College. That's a small college there in Mariana, Florida, um, in the Panhandle. Um, and then I uh, also got two other jobs. I host uh, Tech Garage and Motorhead Garage on Velocity. So they come on in the morning at 8.30 on Sunday. So if I'm not teaching, I'm flying around shooting some of the shows. We do some training with some aftermarket and some, uh, we just keep busy. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, I know you have fun. Uh, I had the fortunality to, to be with you on scene, on site uh, a few years back. And, uh, you know, it's definitely a professional production uh and if it isn't if no one if anyone out there hasn't seen it uh they definitely need to tune in and see it or or dvr it and catch it later uh i mean you guys bring out some great topics so john how long have you been at chipola college i actually started here in 2000 and um when I started back in 2000, um, they just had an automotive program and, you know, they had shut it down for a few years because it was a hobby shop, you know, and they're kind of a paradigm shift with automotive. They tried to start to get towards the industry and industry standards. So I taught in South Florida for a little while down there. I was actually a technician at a GM dealer. I went through uh, ASAP, Automotive Service Excellence Program, and um, I graduated from that as a, as a technician, went to work at a GM dealership and uh, worked there for about 12 years, 13 years. And taught some night classes in between and here and there and just fell in love with teaching. So I taught at a technical school down there for about seven years and then moved up here to the college and uh, just kind of conned them into opening a program. You know, let's open it back up. Let's give it a go. It's a small five-county area. I didn't, you know, really wasn't sure if it was going to make it or not because of the student count and popu uh, population here is not too great. And sure enough, we started with about eight students in 2000, and, and now we're up to about 25 students per term. And uh, it's crazy. It just grew and grew and grew. I guess if you build it, they'll come. So we use a lot of the new technology. We got a lot of uh, a lot of corporate sponsors, a lot of industry partners that come into the program here and ended up running a model program for the state. So it's uh, we're real fortunate. We got an awesome college here and a lot of administration support 
support and more importantly, a lot of industry support like yourself and uh, everybody else out there. Yeah, I, I've been fortunate enough to be there to the college and definitely uh, you guys are cutting edge as far as having the equipment there to train the student. Uh, so I commend you on that. And, and that's not a small small step. I mean, that, that's a lot of investment by the college and by the administration to do that. It is. It is. They put a lot of equipment in here, and 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 the key is just industry partners. I mean, you, know, you work out there in industry, and you know when they start getting involved. I mean, we did training for Gates, Advanced Auto Parts. Um, you know, a lot of big companies we would do some trainings for and some videos for, and this and that. And once we started to get the industry support and kind of, you know, took a different look at education, I think a lot of schools are today, and where they're you know starting to get that industry partnership into the school. And, and you know, years ago that was like, oh, we couldn't mix education and industry, and now. It's like we have to mix industry and education to survive. So uh, it, it's a good partnership. And like you, you know, you've been here and you did a great job on the show. It was a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, it's it, it takes a lot to run a program, you know, especially when you're a NHF certified program and an ASE program and you're, you know, you're putting out graduates. I mean, that's the whole thing. There's 25 students enrolled and our graduation rate. I mean, we, our jobs are a hundred percent placement. It's crazy out there. I mean, that technician shortage, I know we'll talk about that a little while, but it's just, it's nuts. I got five jobs, Richard, sitting here on my, on my, on my desk. I can't fill, I can't get these students to complete the whole program. They're usually leaving with, you know, 180 hours left in the program and doing a co-op and going out there to get to work. So it's, it worked out pretty good. And, you know, we're serving five counties, but we also reach out a little bit to Alabama and Tallahassee, Panama City. So, you know, where we're at, our students will travel, you know, 100, 200 miles and, and go get some work. And, you know, it's not unheard of for them just to up and move and get a job, but it's it, jobs are out there and we don't have any problem placing them. Well, that's great. I mean, with the education, it's solid. I mean, do you find that those technicians, those young technicians that's leaving your facility, do you find that they're moving into dealerships or independent repair facilities uh, which one yeah um all over goodness we got a uh, you know we we have people come in from you know waste management fleets uh you know sheriff's department fleets uh then they go into the dealers here locally dealers all around the country and independent shops so i mean there's there's really no 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 set in stone place where they're going to go and you know it's almost to the point now where they come in here they sit down when they're getting ready to graduate and most of them have four five six ases by that point and it's like what do you want to do and we just make a phone call to the dealer their preference of a dealer and nine times out of ten the dealers like send them down or shop send them down let's talk to them we put them out there give them some co-op let them work for a little while out there make sure that you got a good relationship and good rapport between the shops and um you know after two or three weeks i almost nine times out of ten they'll just hire them right that and they're like great no matter what so i guess that technician shortage thing is real <laughs> <laughs> well and that's why well, i do have one question i mean you you talk about five counties is the is the counties do they have an automotive program in, at the high school level that's feeding into your college you know, they actually don't. We don't have one here, but, you know, where I taught in South Florida, yeah, there was a bunch of high school level programs that would feed into the into it, you know, as well. But um, most technical schools will work that way, but no, we don't even have one here. So these are mostly just either kids that graduated. Now, they'll do some do enroll the high schools. There's um, six or seven different high schools around here that will allow them to come over and do enroll in their senior year when they have some credits. So that gives them a jump start and an advantage, you know, and, and there's a huge paradigm shift in, in the uh, – 
in the in the high school in the thought process. I mean, you know, they used to it was a four year degree, and that's about all you could do. That you know, they wouldn't even look at these kids, and and now they're like, well, wait a minute. I mean, these guys are making you know fifty, sixty, seventy thousand dollars after five or six years. Maybe maybe this is a good career. Maybe this is a good path. So yeah. you know, we get in with the counselors now and start talking, and they listen. Yeah, I mean, and I'm starting to see that. I mean, it's good to hear that the automotive is becoming or, or the skilled trades. I mean, we can group all those skilled trades together. I think automotive is kind of unique because it incorporates a lot of those, uh, you know, heating and air, hydraulics and electrical, which, uh, you know, is kind of unique. But it's good to see that the high school programs are starting to recognize that and realize that, hey, this is a good avenue for our students to take. So that's great. That's great. So, yeah, yeah, I think it's phenomenal. Yeah, I mean, you, you mentioned the shortage of technicians. Um, and, I, and I make this comment, and I, I want your opinion on it. Um, I don't believe there's a shortage of people able to turn a wrench, but I believe there is a shortage of qualified technicians uh, able to diagnose and repair vehicles. Boy, that's that's uh, you probably couldn't have said it any better. I mean, that's you know anybody can carry in, and and that's what these shop owners, that's what our advisory boards when they come in here, you know, that's what they're looking for. It's amazing. I mean, you know, they don't want the guy that can come in and just turn wrenches. I mean, they want the diagnostic thought process. They want ethics. I mean, just alone, can can you get them to me? Can they come to work on time? There's such a diversity, and there's such a, a a disconnect between the 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 different generations that are coming out today and some of the shop owners out there. So, you know, that's that's the thing. There's probably not a shortage of people that want to do it. It's just a shortage as far as, you know, old dogs like me getting out of there. I mean, I'm 50-something years old, so, heck, I'm, I don't want to turn the wrenches anymore. And then these kids, they just, they've been pushed for years on this four-year degree thing, and, and you know, they're missing the whole boat. And, and, you know, it doesn't mean that they're not as bright as any four-year degree kids. They're just as bright, if not even brighter. But the point is, is that they just want to do something they love. They want to use their hands and then they come into the program. It's amazing, Richard, what they can do here. I mean, with the technology and stuff and they're so sharp. It's, it's, it's amazing. The cars that they can fix and their diagnostic thought process and how they go about it. It's just, it, it amazes me every day. Cause I mean, we'll look at some problems, you know, me and you'll look at it, maybe some old school problems and technicians, we may look at it a different way and they just have so many different resources and so many different avenues to look at and come up with a diagnostic plan or just, you know, test in different ways and go wow you just sit back and go, i can't believe this kid's sitting here doing this it's amazing but they are they're brilliant and they do a good job but um it's hard to get them out there like you said it's hard to get them in the school and get them pointed in that direction and then overcome that you know stereotype of you know a technician versus a four-year degree over here for you know nursing or uh whatever accounting it's it's the parents what so Kind of on that topic, that subject, what do you think, I mean, what do you think the holdup or the, the, the drawback that the parents or the students see in entering into the automotive industry? Yeah, it's just it, it's just a where it's changing now. I, I, you know, it's it's getting much much better. The twenty years I've been here, the last three or four years, 
you're starting to see a push, you know, with, with everything, you see the micro thing and everything going on with this industry. And, you know, we need people to turn wrenches. We need people just down there at the ground level doing this stuff. And, and the high schools are coming around. I think it's a, it's a shift in the counselor's thought process of, you know, it's not just, Oh, this kid's not making it. Let's put them in the auto program. It's like, let's give them career choices right off the bat and look at what they want to do. I mean, some people don't want to sit in a cubicle and, and write, you know, notes and papers all day. Maybe they do want to use their hands and get out there and and it, it might be the brightest kid in the class it doesn't make any difference because when he gets out there he's going to turn wrenches for seven years end up being a service director and this guy's making a hundred grand a year so it's just a matter of just getting in there early getting in these educational systems early even in the middle school and just showing them you know what our industry is all about and what this career is all about and how much it has changed how much technical it is yeah i mean and it has made it i think it is making a shift i think it's a little slow I uh, probably should have been trying to shift it uh, five, six years ago. But, yeah, I, th- I think you're right. I think that the high school instructors are starting to see the value of, of this industry and, and the skilled trades in general. And, you know, being able to guide those students into a career, uh, you know, I, I don't know what the exact cost for a student to go through your two-year program. But, uh, you know, when they leave there, if they followed all the NATEF guidelines, uh, would you agree that they're a low tech B or, or maybe a middle level tech B? No, I would. I mean, I'm not going to bash them, but I mean, we have, we can give them a lot of the ethics. We can give them a lot of the, you know, the wrench skills. We can give them a lot of the stuff, but what we can't give them is just that hands-on experience. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's no substitute for that. So, you know, if, if you're a shop owner and you're listening, I mean, you know, they, they have the, the problem solving skills. They can do all this stuff, but boy, they just, they just need time. I mean, they're going to be entry level techs. I always tell my advisory board members, I say, you know, they're going to change oil light line, alternator starters, batteries, you know, electrical, they have all that knowledge in their head. That's wonderful. But they're just light line technicians when they come out. That's where they're going to start. But the difference between them and somebody carrying in a toolbox is three or four years down the road, three or four years down the road, the one that comes out of the technical school is going to excel and just, man, he'll be your drivability tech because he has this stuff. He has this background. He has electrical background. He has engine performance background. It's in the back of his head, but he just doesn't have the experience working on cars, which we cannot give him. There's no way in a two-year period we can do that. We have seven cars, you know, and if he, he gets real good on a, a Park Avenue, I mean, unless he worked to a shop that only. <laughs> Yeah, Park <laughs> Avenues, he would do great. Right. But, uh, yeah, so, I mean, you can never substitute that hands-on. So, yeah, definitely, they're just entry-level techs coming in, and, yeah. and you just employers really have to work with them. Yeah, and, and that really, though, as an employer, uh, you t- there's a lot of talk out there now about growing your own, and, and those students are, are the type that you need to, to grow. Uh, you need to bring them into your shop and educate them and – and possibly put them with a mentor, uh, an older gentleman or someone in the shop and kind of guide them along. So, yeah, that's, uh, you know, by those, I, I agree. Uh, they both, the gentleman just carrying the toolbox or, or the one leaving the tech school, they're going to start out at the same spot. But the one leaving the tech school is going to excel through uh, the steps and the experience a little quicker. So, yeah, I think you guys are giving them a head start of that. That's great. 
Yeah, and there's so many. I mean, the industry is so diverse. I mean, you know, we do. We'll have, of course, we'll have students come in that, you know, perhaps maybe we'll just be a great oil changer, a detailer, service writer, you know, and that's fine too. And then we have that other, you know, 70, 80% of our students leaving out of here that's probably going to be a drivability tech after five years and do great things. But, you know, that's the cool part about this industry is there's so much out there. There's so many different automotive venues that they can select from and choose from, and we just make that aware to them. So, you know, you just got to work close with the dealers. And, and, and like you said, I mean, these guys, they just have to be patient. I think growing your own is, is, is really the only way they're going to be able to do it. I mean, we'll, we'll take students, we'll put them out there. We get relationships with these shops. And, you know, if you take one of these guys and, and one of the biggest downfalls we see is, you know, you, here's the repair order and you're on flat rate, go get a car and go for it. And, and it's just, they don't, the, 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 I don't know if it's the millennials or just the how it works today with the you know all the diversity of students and diversity of people, but they're really going to have to just invest six months, maybe three months, give them a salary, maybe a lower salary than they would you know somebody else. That's fine, but just kind of continue that mentor program, growing their own, put them in the shop, getting that situation down, understanding how it works, and you know putting them with someone where they could work with and ask questions and be all right and be comfortable. And then I guarantee in six months they'll be hugely successful. But if you just throw them to the wolves, here's your repair order, flat rate. Man, nine times out of ten, they'll come back and say, oh, this is horrible. I'm not going to make it. And, you know, you got to tell them to hang on. They will. But it's a lot easier if they'll do that mentor program. Yeah, I I think that's an important piece that you mentioned there. You know, they're all going to – we all started out on the Lubrac. I mean, let's let's face it. Uh, Some some excelled above that quicker. Uh, But, you know, those first couple years is, is tough. And, uh, you know, so there's, I see some things happening, uh, in the way that they're being paid and compensated and, you know, even some help with tool purchasing. So, yeah, I think the industry's starting to see some things there. How do you, you, you kind of mentioned it, but, uh, the industry, and I want to kind of break that down, uh, not just the shops, but is there a way that the manufacturers, the aftermarket manufacturers can help programs like yours um, to move forward. Sure. I mean, they're, they're doing it. I mean, you see the, you know, any kind of, any kind of online training, any kind of development of, of curriculum where they can go on there, you know, these instructors, like you said, even at the high school level, I mean, they got these kids for a 55 minute block. You got 30 kids in the class. It's almost impossible to go out in the shop if we can just get the foundations on there and any, any, any online training, any, any, um, you know, uh, gates, they do a great job on some of that stuff. And, you know, all the different manufacturers we do, Timken here, we'll do the bearings, we'll do this. If you see anything on the internet that they can produce or put on there, you know, and that's okay. Even if it's brand specific, it doesn't make any difference as long as they're educating you know, on how the product works, not just the product itself. And, and these kids are looking at some of this aftermarket stuff. You know, they don't want to, in two years, they hear you up there and you just like preaching to the choir. But once they hear it or they see it on some kind of different format or learning vehicle like that, you know, it, it's just a little bit different. It's just, we just got to keep them moving, you know. So if anything, anything the aftermarket can put out there, demos get involved with the schools, you know, any products they can supply to the schools, the budgets at schooling is just, it's it's really 
pathetic, and I mean, especially at the high school level, these poor guys are just surviving with whatever they can get from the junkyard on a day-to-day basis. So, you know, if they just get involved with any of these programs, they'll see, you know, I mean, years ago it was good. Like GM would give a bunch of cars to programs, and, and that was smart because the kids would get familiar with working on GM car. Well, guess where they went when they graduated? Yeah. It worked for GM. Absolutely. I mean, that's where they wanted to go. They were familiar with the car. So that worked out good with the AES program and a lot of GM programs. And Chrysler did the same thing and Ford did some of that. But, you know, that's what the manufacturers need to do. They kind of got to model that. Just just get involved somehow with some aftermarket training or, you know, some way they can put this stuff out there where these kids can access it and, and you know, get a little certificate, if anything else, and just go in there and, and, and get some training that way. Yeah, I, I know here at Technician Academy, one of our, and as you know, one of our goals is we go into community college programs and, and teach some, some basic classes. And it's really not, uh, it's maybe a little more in depth than what the instructor is able to give them in the time period that they have available. But, you know, it, it's a little more focused. And, and it's interesting to watch these students. Uh, in fact, like for our DSO class, we'll actually have, each student will have a DSO and I'm creating a waveform for them to pick up on that DSO. And, and it's, it's great to see these students because they are hands-on loaner, learners. Once that pattern comes down through there and I instruct them on in how to set up the scope and once they get that pattern, it almost becomes a competition between these young people uh, who can get the pattern the quickest. So, I mean, that is one thing that I think is, is extremely important, putting putting information in front of these students, uh, whether it be online or on site and being able to get them excited about what the industry actually holds. Yeah. Yeah. There's so much out there and so many different opportunities and, you know, and that's the best thing. Usually you'll get a student that'll come back three or four years if you're at a program long enough. And when he comes back, he'll just, he's, you know, he's all smiles. I mean, there's no doubt about it. The guy's making 30, 40, $50,000 a year. And, you know, he's just, life is grand. So it is, it's a great industry, but they don't see that when they first go out there. And then, you know, and it, and it's tough to go out there too. You know, I just tell them, you know, just keep your mouth shut, keep your head down and just do your job and do what you got to do. Because, you know, we're still, you're still stealing, you know, money out of somebody's mouth on Friday when there's no cars out there. So, you know, it, it's hard for the shops to be receptive of new people too, as well, you know, especially if they're still working on the flat rate system, but you know, they'll succeed. They'll do good. It's, it's ethics. It's attitude. I mean, these advisory boards come in the same thing, even, even if you incorporate some of that stuff, like you said, you're sitting there with a DSO in their hands and they're looking at this waveform. Yeah, it's a competition. Number one, number two, this instructor probably didn't have any opportunity to do that whatsoever in his class. I mean, maybe they don't even get to oscilloscopes, but imagine that, like you said, just putting that pattern up there and then them realizing, wow, there's live electricity. They already used a, a DVOM. They understand that concept. Yeah. So, man, to see it like that, the light bulb lights up. So, yeah, you, you know, you think it may be over their heads, but it's pretty cool. It's really neat that you're doing that stuff and that they could see it. And then Absolutely. that's a good way for them to understand it. So, yeah, I mean, and we talk about keeping, you, you mentioned it, keep your head down and, and, and work. But I've seen a statistic just recently that 60% of new technicians entering the field will leave it within the first year. Uh, and, and I don't know if, and that's kind of my question is, do you see that in your area and are they being uh, stolen by manufacturing or other industries? Where's that 60% going? 
I think I, I just tell them I'm I'm not exactly sure, Richard, but you know it happens it happens every single time here, and I'll tell them I'll tell them what's going to happen is you're going to spend two years in this program, then you're going to go out to work, and the first three months you're going to come back cursing me, telling me what in the heck did I sit here in fantasy land and tell them all this stuff, but if you give it six months or a year, you're going to come back in a year and tell me how happy you are, and that's just it. I think it's a disconnect between the schools and then like you said, growing your own and and the dealers and the industries with these students today, I mean, it's a, it's a different generation. I mean, just a prime example. I mean, I can, I can be teaching somebody that's 18 year old and a 40 year old sitting side by side in a college class. And it's funny to watch because the, the um, 16 year old, he'll get four or five lab sheets. He'll go out to one car he'll do all four or five lab sheets and then he'll come put them on the inbox. He's done with them all. Now, the 40-year-old will take them out one at a time, do the lab sheet, complete it, put it in, go get another card, do them one at a time. Now, guess what? Which one's wrong? Neither. It's just different. It's just a different way they do things, and it's a different way they learn. And sometimes the shops, it's it's hard for them to be a little more flexible and understand that these kids, you know, they do things different. They may be on their phone diagnosing. They may be, you know, they just do it a different way. And it's it's like, wow, wait a minute, you know, you're not staying on task. You're not doing this. And if you give them some time, they'll get the job done or you point them in the direction. But the huge thing is, is like you said, I mean, just if they could sit out there for six months and just use it as like almost a mentoring situation. I mean, even a year at a dealership, I tell these guys all the time, when you go out there, you know, you're, you don't, you're not you're not going to make any money the first year. You're not supposed to because doctors go out there and they got you know rotations and interns and they got to spend two four years with doctors and they're not making anything at the time they're doing it. Well, it needs to be the same way. These guys need to get out into the dealership situation and just understand that you know I'm going to hire you. I'm going to give you minimum wage maybe even, but just this is another year of training. This is really what it is on the job training. And then, and then they would be comfortable and stay, but yeah, they all come back to me after three months cursing me, you know, Oh man, <laughs> what, you know, this is horrible. It's the worst job in the whole world. Yeah. Because you got thrown to the wolves and, and here you are and you're trying to fix cars and guess what? You flag 21 hours and you know, everybody around you is flagging 40 and you know, you made $200 and you're driving 20 miles to get there and you're broke even at the end of the week. But, you just have to let them know, you know, it's like that for a year. I don't know how to change that. That's a, that's a really no. good question. Well, that's, and that's an interesting perspective you bring there talking about the different age groups and how they, how they operate. And, and I think, uh, I, I really think, uh, independent dealers and, and dealerships, independent repair shops and dealerships, and even fleet, uh, repair, they're just now starting to get their head around that and, and try to really, kind of get a grasp on understanding how these different uh generations work so yeah i mean that's that's a great synopsis of of how how two generations can attack the same problem neither one is incorrect but they're both acquiring the same information and and doing it in a way that is successful for them yeah it's different i mean the the kid he won't come to school thursday and he'll come back monday so what happened thursday uh, I just need a day off. Wow. Okay. I just, uh, we're not used to that. It's like, what do you mean you just needed a day off? I don't, you know, you wasn't sick or nothing? Nope. Just, okay. You know, it's a different, it's a different breed. It's like, wow. All right. So, I mean, you know, me and you, it's like, holy mackerel, we had to be dying before we not going yeah. to work. And yeah. 
No, they just it's a little overwhelming today. I think I'll take the day off. So yeah. it, it's it's different. It's different, but you know they can do the job. There's no doubt about it, and they're brilliant when they do it. So yeah. it's just they're just going to have to nurse them along and baby them just a little bit more than they have in the past. So yeah, I mean that's that's great discussion. Now, so velocity motorhead garage uh, tech garage. What drives a college instructor? To step off into that. Yeah, exactly. That's a good question. <laughs> Actually, just, um, yeah, it's a, a hap stance. I mean, it's we were doing training videos for different corporations, a lot of them, you know, right here at the college. And 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 some people had seen the training videos, I guess. And then uh, uh, Masters Entertainment Velocity, they come about four or five years ago and said, hey, we want to try an educational show. And, you know, everybody in there in the world said, that's, that's a flop. You kidding me? I mean, no fire, no sparks, no yelling, no cursing, no wrench throwing. I mean, that's... It's got to be the most boringest show in the world. And you know it is. But holy macro, I mean, it's just they come in here. We did the, what we do on a college show. I mean, you were here. It was incredible. I mean, you did your fuel system. And you didn't sit there, Richard. You didn't sell a product. What you did is you told us how it worked. And you, and you told us some pitfalls. And you told us, you know, it's how important it is to clean the tank before you put a new pump in just because of ruining the tanks. Now, I mean, sure, there's a motive. You don't want to have a bunch of warranties on your pumps. But the other hand, the customer don't want to drop his tank six times. So all of a sudden, this educational show, it's like, wow, here it comes. You know, all of a sudden, the numbers were, we were 56% up higher on our second season. And people started to realize this is pretty cool. So we're not, we're not getting that, you know, high wage, high stakes, high demand television show. I mean, but what we're getting is we're getting a core audience that just wants to learn how to fix their car and what wants to go on, see what's going on. I mean, you still have that, you have that guy that just afraid to change the oil today. I mean, that's what it is. He doesn't even know how to do the dipstick and, and it's, it's offensive to him because he's been doing it for years. So right. we can just break it down and take that college education right on film and do a 30 minute show. And, and, uh, we, we do some neat stuff too, but we try to keep it to the roots. I mean, we, the cool part about that tech garage is, is our co-host Brian Gregory. Now he's a, he's a avid do it yourselfer, which is really cool. And then here I am the college instructor. So, I mean, when we write and we script this stuff, I may get into some stuff and he'll just, he'll come over and smack me, you know, now just, you know, no, I didn't understand the word you said. So we just bring it down to another level and bring it down to another level. And finally it's like, okay, I got it. Then when he gets it and then he goes over to the car and he's doing the repair, it's pretty cool because we just relate to that everyday car guy. And what we found out is there's just so many of them out there and we got such a huge following that it just it's become hugely successful. So it, it was just happenstance. I mean, they took a gamble on it. We just we shot it. I'm no way, shape or form an actor and just I just do what I do. I love teaching and, and it comes off on film and and we got Brian Gregory on there now and he just does what he loves to do and fix cars. So it's just too guys doing what they love to do and that comes off on the camera it comes off exactly what we do we love it so much that that you know people are engaged and it's just it's, it's fun it's an awesome show man it's it's a uh, airs at uh 8 30 on sunday mornings on velocity and it's so much fun to do and it's so much fun to watch and then the feedback is incredible that we get so just basically by hap stance man <laughs> yeah i mean so how long have we how long has has the program been going now yeah, five years. We're going on season five. We would have never even thought it. It's wow. crazy. We, uh, yeah, I started here by myself, and that's I think the first season. Maybe was the one you were on, and uh, we just we did a lot of just 
introduction stuff and simple stuff and you know and and you know you were on there for a whole segment and, and you taught and educated exactly what you did and that come off so well and that's exactly what we just saw the feedback of that and then and then season two we brought in brain gregory which is do it yourself and we started to look at a different avenue of you know he starts turning the wrenches and i'll teach on it and we just go back and forth with here's how it works and he puts it on and shows you how to do it and and it's like wow we just we get comments all the time that you know hey this is great show no fluff we're tired of this we're tired of that we're tired of all this drama you know hey i love to watch this because you're fixing my car and you know we'll go into a trouble code and sometimes i'm thinking to myself holy macro you know this flow chart meters this is a little much and then man we'll get 10 emails 30 emails you know this is the greatest thing in the world i just didn't know how to chase the code and this and that. i'm like wow so we can't do too simple we can do how to buy a used car with some fluids and and we do the variable valve timing with the cam phasers and everything so we go from one aspect to the other but it's it, it worked it worked and we're surprised it worked i'll tell you that well yeah and and that's one thing i will say about the the program is the 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 basic i don't want to use the word basic but you do break it down to where uh you know maybe it's not as interesting all episodes aren't as interesting to the professional technician but right the the do it yourself or the heavy do it yourself or the one who wants to do all he can to his vehicle and his family's fleet of vehicles usually uh you know you be you're able to break that down and and get it to a point where they can they can digest it and and then apply it to to their vehicle and uh you know i think that's extremely important what uh, i mean i'm sure you've got some sponsorship some help there obviously uh you can't fund the program yourself but so you've had some corporate help is that correct yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it was Advanced Auto Parts for seasons one through three, and then uh, Rock Auto is now for season four. And uh, you know, and just both of those, both of those sponsors. I mean, you know, the people that get involved, it's amazing because the cool part about it is, is you know, we're not we're not taking this you know Dasani water and driving it down your throat the whole show. It's Dasani water, Dasani water, Dasani water. We don't have to do that. What these industry found out through the television show is hey if we just educate on how this system works the parts will sell themselves and and they did they had a huge influx on sales and and it impacted them hugely and we never even had to sit there and and brand anything which is really cool because you know some of the shows out there they're just you know a half an hour sales pitch for every product as they come through and you know even motorhead garage is a little bit that way but the tech garage is strictly just an educational show and both of those industry sponsors just let us do our thing and then they reap the benefits on the back end just by hey everybody understood how they work they got a lesson for free they were real you know they wanted to go and shop at rockauto.com and then get some of those products because now they know how they work and they know, you know, how to put them on there. And, and they were loyal. They were real loyal. They're like, Hey, you just gave us a whole education on it. And you didn't sit here and say Dasani water 35 times. You know, that's cool. I'll just go to rock auto, order this part or get it advance or, you know, whatever it may be. O'Reilly's, it doesn't make any difference. It, It was cool. That was another thing we never knew that if we just educate on it, the parts will sell themselves. And boy, did they ever. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, people appreciate, uh, I mean, you're devoting time to, to the car owner. Uh, you're, you're devoting an education to, to the car owner that's viewing that and and they're appreciative of that. And they'll, that you'll see that through, through their purchases. So, I mean, there's a little bit of difference between tech garage and, and motorhead garage. 
Tell the listeners what the difference is. Yeah, Tech Garage is um, is just basically my baby. I mean, I get to write it, script it, cars, the whole nine yards. And, um, you know, when we go through Tech Garage, it's educational cutaways, tools. We'll do a whole job, basically a whole show, and we got a project vehicle on it. Uh, Motorhead Garage, on the other hand, is, is just some real cool new products out there in the industry and stuff. And we do that on location. We film that in uh, Johnson City, Tennessee, as the studios at Borla Exhaust. And we do it on location. So we just... Motorhead Garage and uh, Brian Lowens is phenomenal. He's the co-host. He's an NHRA announcer, and um, he's got a couple shows called Put Up and Shut Up, and he's the co-host for that thing. And this guy, I've never met anybody in my life that knows more about cars than he does. It's it's crazy. I mean, that's been his life since a little kid, and now he's just he's living the dream, man. He's an NHRA announcer. He's bang shift. He's got all kinds of different websites, and he's got a couple television shows. So he comes in and just gives it a whole new aspect. I mean, we look at concept cars. We go to SEMA. We do the SEMA show down there with Motorhead Garage. Um, we'll look at some cool industries. We get to go do some different stuff like that. You know, not just one thing for the show. We're not going to take a car and repair it from top to bottom like Tech Garage. We may look at four different things and four different technology and four different um, items that are out there, industry stuff, new stuff, old stuff, everything. So just kind of a mismatch of everything. Yeah. Versus Tech Garage is just one repair throughout and, and a lot of cutaways and a lot of education. So do you see that, I mean, you, through the, the research, do you see that the viewers are, are basically the same group of viewers or is it is it two different groups possibly? Um, yeah, it's it's probably two different groups. I mean, our, our Tech Garage was, you know, shockingly probably – you know, 30 to 67 year old people. I mean, you know, just guys that are want to get back out there and work on their cars and do stuff and, and have that education. Um, Motorhead Garage, probably about the same audience, but you got a lot of younger guys doing. We do different things on there. It just depends on the show and what, what the products are going to be on there and what, what's coming on. You know, we did, I just got through with racing at uh, Charlotte Motor Speedway. It was phenomenal. We did a thing with uh, Innovation Performance Technologies and their new S model chassis they're building into a Mustang. And that would be real interesting for kids because we get to race it. And then we'll look at the chassis and look at the design and everything on the car. And then on the other hand, we may just put a Borel exhaust system on, which is cool, you know, Corvette systems, different things like that. And then, you know, we'll have some campers or RVs or something, you know, just depends on the products and what they're bringing in there at the time. Yeah. Our core audience for Tech Garage is just kind of, bam, that's it. It's the same people, just yeah. the guys that just ready to sit down Sunday with their coffee and learn a little bit about their car. Yeah, I yeah, and and that's one of the. I just I seen the uh, social post of where you was off off on site there, and and uh, you know that's great that you're you're providing that group of information, uh, and like you said, I mean that could interest or may ignite a, a young person into this industry. So I commend you for that. That's that's great, and it, it's exciting to see how it's grown over the years. Uh, I'm really excited, and you do a great job. I mean, uh, you really do. Uh, I think that you're well received by by your viewers, and, and I commend you on that. So, now let's let's step back a little bit, back to the community college or the college instructor role, and we talk about career paths for these students. Is it is it likely that a a, a student could come through your program? and and move through the industry and be in a situation where you're at 
I mean, how hard is that for a student to actually, uh, would that be for a student to accomplish uh, being, becoming a uh, television host? Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't, I, I just, I don't think there's any limit. I mean, I'm, uh, you know, I'm living proof of it. I mean, I turned wrenches. That's what I did. You know, I probably started in a school or, you know, I got fortunate enough to go through the ASAP school, but you know, back 30 years ago, you just carry a toolbox in and you worked in a shop. I mean, uh, is that what you did, Richard? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, well, and, yeah. and I was working, you know, in neighborhood vehicles uh, because there was very limited uh, repair shops in the area. And I don't really know how they figured out I could fix a vehicle, but, you know, I started getting local people bringing their vehicle to me. So, yeah, it was kind of, and then I thought, well, go to college. And so I did. And, you know, it's very similar to what you're, what you're talking about, but these students now today have, they've got two or three steps on what I had then. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And that's what I'm saying. I mean, it's limitless. You did what you did and now you're a personality as well. I mean, you're doing great things with this industry and, you know, you come down here, you run the show, you're representing different organizations. I mean, and now you're sitting there addressing these issues on a worldwide basis. So it's limitless. I tell these guys all the time, you know, it's the cool part is Tech Garage is filmed right here at the college. So they get to be involved in it. So they see all this stuff. They see the prep that goes into the cars and they see the stuff and then they get to see the production. And then of course, you know, we integrate the shows into the curriculum. So they get to watch the finished product in the show. So could they do it? Oh, absolutely. Could they do it? No problem whatsoever. I mean, it's just, I think anybody can do it. I just, I'm doing what I love. You're doing what you love and it comes off, you know, it, it, it comes off good because that's exactly what you love to do. I mean, the TV show is nothing more than me teaching and that's what I do. So yeah, I think, I, I think they can do that. And I think it's limitless. They can do anything they want to do. I mean, I tell these guys all the time, you can own and run the dealership, you know, you just got to give it that time. We, we go back to that, you know, that time and, and just get over that hump of, you know, I always tell them I, I, it's usually, it averages about seven years. They turn wrenches for about seven years and then they're moving on. They're just, I've seen a lot of the students now that have been here 20 years after seven years become service writers, service directors, and, you know, just move up the ladder, corporate trainers and different things like that. So uh, the educational backgrounds there, can they do it? It's up to them, man. It's, it's limitless. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I agree. And, you know, and, and I think that that's, that's key to, especially this younger generation to, to, to let them see that there's something beyond the bay. Um, I think that's important for, uh, for today's student to see and, and understand that it's possible and it relies totally on, on their input. Uh, it's not given to them. I mean, they have to work for it, but it is there and it is available. It is interesting that, you know, the thought that one of your students could come back and, and be the next John Gardner in 10, 15 years. So that that's, that's exciting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I just I, I I remember going through class and we would watch um, Shade Tree Mechanic with uh, Sam and Dave, yeah. and you know, it's almost the show's almost exactly the same style. It's amazing, but just watching them and learning from them, I mean, you can learn from them. So that's pretty cool, and I think so. I think there'll be a, a Richard and a John. They'll be they'll be taking our spot in no time. I mean, they they're they're that quick. They're that good. That's good. That's good. So. John, we, we've discussed and had brought out some great topics and, and, you know, and, but if I was to be able to, to get you in front of a group of, let's say eighth grade freshman students, and you had limitless time to talk to them, 
what would be the topic of, of that keynote speech that you would give them? Oh, man, that would be high wage, high demand. I mean, it's just, you know, I would look them in the eyes and just say, you know, it takes the brain smarts to keep up your academics and doing what you're doing. I mean, there's a huge shift in this industry. I mean, it's not what you think it was. You know, everybody thinks of auto mechanics, you know, and it's now automotive technology. And, and you hit the nail on the head when you said the technology's there and these shops are looking for the diagnostic people. So, you know, I would just tell them, make sure they get that brain smarts. That's what the industry's looking for, you know fight hard for the academics, do the best that you can. And then, and then look at your career choices. It doesn't have to be automotive, but you know, everybody's not going to be an attorney, a doctor and a lawyer, unfortunately. So, uh, you know, or fortunately, really not unfortunately, excuse me. I mean, it's a great industry. So no matter what it is, if they're, you know, the plumbing or, or carpentry or all this stuff right now is just, these guys are making seventy, eighty thousand $80,000. I just don't think people realize that. Yeah. So once we show them that it's a high wage, high demand, industry and and what's going on out there and and show them some maybe career choice films with uh you know something going on with scan tools something going on with the shops and you know take them but take them out you know if we can take them on field trips to the shop themselves and see the difference in what's going on in some of these shops with the tile floors and air conditioned base not that way all the way around but you know shops are starting to understand if we can keep everybody comfortable they're more productive so you know it's it's just a huge change i don't think they realize and the counselors themselves don't realize this is what it is and, and it's an awesome awesome career yeah i i agree i had the fortunality to, to present a keynote speech to a group of um college instructors here recently and you know and, and that was a discussion i mean i the title of the, the speech was if everyone was a rocket scientist no one could turn the lights on at nasa and, and you know i broke that down <laughs> good one you know really you mentioned it we're fortunate that not everyone is a doctor or a lawyer or, you know, a scientist because, I mean, this industry is in need and it, you're right. It is a high demand, high pay position. So, yeah, I, I agree. And, and that would be good words. I'd like to get you in front of every every eighth grader and freshman out there to, to bring that to them. So we've we've talked uh, we, we've had a relationship in the past we've discussed and and have have kept in touch and and it's been great to see how things have progressed uh, for you and for the college and I've used up some of your time here I appreciate that but if I mean there's a couple things I I want the listeners to hear I want to hear you know if John Gardner has any hobbies other than automotive. <laughs> I do, Matt. I, I cherish my family time. I know, oh gosh, here comes this guy, he's a sap. But no, I just, we go out, we go traveling, we go here or there, just, you know, the movies and hang out. I just, there's not a bunch. I'm not a golfer. I'm not an avid, you know, fisherman. I just, I do a little bit of everything, but just to spend time with the family, go on some trips, hang out and just, uh, you know, downtime. It's nice now, especially shooting some of these shows on location. I'll I'll spend more money than I make. I'll just drag them all along. When we might go shoot at SEMA, I bring them all to Vegas and we just hang out and have a great time. There's all kinds of things to do. Went and saw the Grand Canyon and stuff like that. So it presented a lot of other opportunities, you know, kind of where my hobbies lie that I never thought I could do before just because of that. So it, it all works out pretty good, but definitely just love my family time. Yeah. And, and I, I, I believe that, uh, I mean, just in, in what I see you in social posts and then meeting you personally, I, I truly believe that. So if John Gardner had a open spot in his garage, 
What would be his favorite vehicle to put in it? Man, I'll tell you, I got for season five, I got a, a 14 Cadillac CTS-V. Never driven nothing like that in my life. Absolutely craziest car in the world. I'm starting to fall in love with it. But I'll tell you my favorite car, and it's embarrassing as all get out. It's a 1990 IROC Camaro, man. I had one when I was a kid. It was black. Man, I just love that car. You know, the old Tuneport 350. Only problem is the thing's got about 180 horsepower, and he could never get it in a stick shift because Jim <laughs> didn't make a stick shift that would go behind that thing. It was terrible. It was the worst car on the planet, but I just personally love those old IROC Camaros, man. The Mustangs yeah. would leave us in the dust, but just loved the car. Had one, owned it, you know. Gosh, I would open up the headers and go down the track and go slower than I would have if I would have left them <laughs> on, but I was having a good time. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. We all have those type of cars. I mean, that's that's, yep. that's just our personalities. So, yeah. Well, John, I you know, like I said, I, I appreciate you taking time out of your schedule. Um, you know, I want to be sure that the listeners get a uh, watch an episode or two or three or 10 of motorhead garage and tech garage i think you're doing some great things there uh and and i hope the students continue to flow into your facility i think they're getting a quality education i mean you guys bring some uh some quality to their their life and and, and improving the industry in that area so I, I appreciate that and thankful for that uh so yeah i appreciate your time yeah, well, thank you for all the great wishes, and um, I sure appreciate everything you're doing too, man. This is good stuff. If we can just get the word out there, I mean, like I said, if I if I could just leave it with, you know, please get involved with the educational programs. If you're industry listening right now, allow those students to mentor and shadow at your shop for a while, and be patient, be understanding of the diversity of what's going on with today's technicians. You know, if you have to pay them a little bit for a while, I think the key word there through this whole conversation was just mentor up your own. If you put them in the shop and give them a shot they'll succeed. I can guarantee you that they'll do you a really good job. And, uh, that's huge. I mean, that's my love. That's my passion. These guys come back three or four years from now with a smile on my face and that keeps me doing what I'm doing. So yeah, thank you so much for having me and thanks for the time. And I'm, I'm grateful to all your listeners and, uh, it's, it's awesome, man. This is an awesome podcast and, um, this is, this is good. This is good to get that out there. So thank you. Absolutely. Richard. Well, I thank you, John. And until, and, and you know, if I'm in Florida or you're in Midwest, let me know. And We'll get together, but uh, if not, we may see each other at SEMA. Yeah, 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 we'll, we'll hook up again for sure. It was great having you here, and uh, you did a phenomenal job on the show. So, heck, I'll get something written in there, and I'll, I'll make it happen. <laughs> I'm sure. All right. Well, uh, until next time, John. Awesome. Thanks, Richard. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Technician Academy's podcast. Brought to you by Extend Performance. Be sure to rate us on iTunes or Google Play and visit us online at technician.academy. We are also on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and YouTube. Please help us spread our Respect is Learn message by liking and sharing our content on your social media platforms. Technician.academy, where respect is learned.